Ron, welcome back to Point of View. Great to have you. You get your big event uh, coming up for the next few days here, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday in the beautiful city of Watford City, but it's the annual Petroleum Council meeting. So for people that aren't going to be able to attend, give us an idea about what's the big picture of this event, and obviously, what are you hoping to accomplish? Well, Chris, uh, thanks for uh, thanks to you for joining us. You're going to come and be one of yes. our presenters this year. We're loving, looking forward to your message about how to make North Dakota great and uh, what is great about North Dakota. I think it's going to be so well received. But uh, this is our annual meeting. We'll have about 350 of our of our oil oil and gas industry experts there and our members from across the state, across the nation, and um, focusing really on, on what are the great opportunities and what are the great challenges in the oil and gas industry right now. Absolutely uh, no end to the issues of, of the challenges that are out there in, in the American economy today in doing business, attracting workers, uh, attracting capital to uh, invest in oil and gas. Uh, big issues, we've got just a lineup of unbelievable speakers. Uh, but really, the, the community of Watford City, if you have not been to the uh, Rough Rider Center in, in Watford City, North Dakota, the hotels that they have out there, that facility is world class. Uh, we're going to have a great show out there. And I, I encourage people of, across the state of North Dakota, if you've got events, uh, meetings, conventions, uh, look at Watford City. They know how to treat you right. And uh, it's going to be a great event. And you're going to really enjoy it, Chris. Well, I'm looking forward to being a speaker there, but also want to say thank you to you and the North Dakota Petroleum Council because we are going to be live in Watford City Wednesday night with our show, highlighting the great things that are happening there and partial thanks to uh, your generosity. So thank you very, very much for that. Let's. I know uh, Secretary Zinke is going to be you know, the, the premier speaker there. We'll talk about that in a moment, but let's look over the horizon for a moment because of the incredible things that the oil and gas industry does for the state of North Dakota. What do you see right now are some of the, the biggest challenges and how do we overcome them? Well, Chris, I think one of the big challenges right now is we've, we've talked about the availability of capital out in the world, really for investing in, in fossil fuels and other energy sources. Uh, that continues to uh, plague the industry, I think, not only in North Dakota, but across the country. We haven't seen the rebound in, in oil and gas development. We're, we're going strong. We're doing great. But, um, you know, that has kept our, our investment ability down. So, uh, you know, bringing on those big new projects has been a little bit slower than anticipated. Ultimately, that workforce issue, if we did have those dollars, could we find the workers? I think that's going to be a big, big challenge for us. We need a lot of workers to make uh, 1.1 million barrels of oil a day, 3 BCF of gas a day. Uh, continue to see pipeline projects moving natural gas, hopefully into eastern North Dakota. Big opportunity for our entire state there you, as you look at value-added opportunities in ag, value-added energy, uh, really manufacturing in eastern eastern communities. They need natural gas to be competitive elsewhere. We've got that natural gas in the Bakken. We don't want to see Canadian gas uh, piped into eastern North Dakota. We want Bakken gas in eastern North Dakota. So Ryan Zinke is a powerful speaker. He is, his topic is Energy Power America. And he's going to talk about what he's seen he's in, in this country, what he saw as a Navy SEAL, what he saw as a Secretary of Interior. He is now running for the new congressional seat in the state of Montana. So uh, he's fired up about energy. He's fired up about America and about freedom. Uh, and he's just a he's just a really a great guy for North Dakota and a great guy for our crowd because he, he talks about why we need to make all the energy we can in this country and why it's so important not only to our keeping our energy costs down, but to keeping our sons and daughters at home and out of war uh, for energy across across the world. 
Well, you covered so many things that I want to touch on first. Secretary Zinke, him being a former Navy, former Navy SEAL, you know better than anybody. I mean, we were leading the world for a while there with oil production, energy independence for America for the first time, maybe at least in a very, very long time. And boy, has that dissipated so quickly, Ron. I just want to get your reaction to, I was talking to somebody earlier today about how it seems things are changing so rapidly in this nation right now. Are you surprised by how quickly it's changed? And and I guess the best way to ask you the question is when President Biden suggested that OPEC should be producing more oil to lower gas prices rather than Bakken. Like, how do you explain that? Well, I think that's a great topic for Secretary Zinke because uh, when President Trump decided that we should not only be an, a great energy supplier, we should become energy dominant. It didn't take very long. And when you get that direction from the top and you get agencies that want to environmentally responsibly produce that energy here in America versus other unfriendly nations like Libya, Iraq, Iran, uh, you know, Afghanistan's got resources. Uh, we want to produce that energy here. Our world allies want us to produce that energy. But man, how quickly that has dissipated in this country. And we have, we have lost some of our energy production. We've not regained it. What did we see at the pump? We saw higher gasoline prices. We see supply shortages now. Uh, we're going to continue to see higher, higher energy prices in this country. And if you look back, what was happening when we had tremendous production growth across the world and, and across the U.S., energy prices, uh, prices had become very reasonable. We were growing the economy. This is scary stuff. And, and how quickly uh, we don't want to ask OPEC for more oil every day. We want more oil from North Dakota and the Bakken. Uh, we want to produce that here. It creates jobs. It creates tax revenues that you know fund the Fargo Diversion Project, fund property tax relief, fund education. 50% uh, of all the income in North Dakota in form of taxes of the state come from oil production alone. So uh, we want to feed that animal and we can do it environmentally responsible here versus what we see in other parts of the world, Chris. So this may be two in one, but let me, you brought up workforce a couple of times. So I want to touch on that in a moment, but also I want to address this first. It, it looks like North Dakota went from the number two uh, best oil producing state in the country down to number three behind now, Texas and New Mexico. How'd that happen? Well, the Permian Basin in, in West Texas and now in New Mexico is an incredible resource. And that resource has been capitalized. Uh, today, New Mexico has 84 drilling rigs operating, drilling new wells. North Dakota has about 25. So uh, it's a production factor of, of just how much activity is going on every day and the size of the resource. And, and there's no big difference between being number two or number three, as long as you're growing and you're going in the right direction. Alaska used to be number two. Uh, they have slid down the scale tremendously now. California used to be number two. And you saw what policies, regulations, really the, the push of the, uh, of the American energy production can do in a state like that. So in North Dakota, we have to keep that regulatory framework uh, solid. We have to have good environmental agencies here that can, can you know, tell the federal government, hey, you know, we've got this covered in North Dakota. We've got the cleanest air, the cleanest water. We're going to take care of North Dakota's resources. We've got to continue to capture our natural gas. We have to invest and utilize that gas here in North Dakota. So uh, I'm not as concerned about being number three as I am the great production growth in New Mexico as I would be about continuing to slip in our oil production, which drives in jobs and revenues and all of those different things. So you were reading my mind. That's what I was going to ask you is, is what do you feel North Dakota could be doing, should be doing to become the most business friendly state in the country? 
Well, I think that we need to go back and we need to reevaluate rules, regulations. Uh, we're always adding regulations. We just need to be smart about all of them. We need to look at each regulation in the state of North Dakota, determine is it antiquated? Is there a better way of doing this? We have to continue to push technology. Uh, the technology that comes out of the Red River Valley, the great mines in North Dakota, along with the mines of the world that still look at the Bakken as one of the top 10 oil plays in the, in the world. This is a place to take that technology now, make our Bakken barrel a little bit cleaner, uh, increase the, the, the utilization of technology, which can reduce some of our workforce needs out there every day. We've done so much of that, but really just get more oil out of this incredible rock that we have two miles underneath the ground. So even today with the best technology in the world, after 15 years of producing the Bakken, we still leave 85 out of every 100 barrels in the ground. If we get one more barrel, that's a billion barrels of oil. Uh, so we can get 80, 84 instead of 85 out of the ground, that's a billion barrels of oil right there. So just think if we can get 10% more, it's 10 billion barrels of oil. And in 15 years, we've produced about 4 billion barrels out of the Bakken. So the upside is unbelievable but we have to continue to keep that investment climate, that business climate. We can only do so much in North Dakota. The federal government is gonna go through these, you know, policy changes with different administrations, but in North Dakota, we have to always keep our business climate positive, develop these workers that we're creating with schools full of children across our state, uh, make sure that we've got jobs and opportunities for them. At the end, I want to ask you about some action items for people in the great state of North Dakota, because you mentioned 50% of the tax revenue coming, <clears throat> excuse me, from your industry. Obviously, you see a high median income now in McKenzie County, which, by the way, you were bragging about Watford City, the fastest growing county in the country over the last decade, which is just absolutely amazing. And Chris, fantastic. also by far the largest mm -hmm. oil producing county in America. That's not a those two aren't separated for one reason. So it's the largest oil producing country, county in America, fastest growing county in America. So uh, that's what the Bakken has meant to that community, building schools rather than closing schools. That one, that's, thank you for letting us know that. <clears throat> so the action will come in a moment. I want to get back to the workforce piece you've mentioned several times. This is something we seem to be talking about ad nauseum in our state. We had <clears throat> the former Commerce Commissioner, Michelle Comer, on recently asked her, hey, what can we be doing about this workforce issue? I'm curious from your perspective, what needs to happen or what's one or two things that we can be doing, whether it be as a state or private industry to attract this workforce now that it's so competitive? One thing that I really liked that the 2021 legislature did, we got about a half a billion dollars a year in earnings off the legacy fund. That's $8 billion of, of oil tax revenues that the people of North Dakota have decided to put aside. Now they're gonna start investing into career and technical education. Uh, I like what I'm seeing at Bismarck State College with the, uh, with the new program there that they've got allowing kids to enter and exit and, and maybe 24 seven type college, uh, 365 days a year. Uh, we've gotta make our education system as fungible as possible for these kids. When they decide to get into education and the time is right, we need to let them into the system somehow. We need to have career and technical centers. So the, all of those kids in, in, in high school every day, there's something that grabs their attention. Uh, and of course, continue to push the STEM skills. Uh, math and science are still so critically important, but ultimately we have to find a, a way 
to intrigue all of the all of our young people because we got a lot more young people in the state. Our, our demographics are growing, our diversity is growing, great workers, but we got to make sure there's a pathway for them all to get into the workforce. And of course, we've got to we've got to continue to look at you know ways to you know attract attract businesses to the state, which also bring families. We see that in Western North Dakota. Uh, the, the census data is pretty clear how big that's growing because you get one worker, they bring their family. Maybe you get three workers that, that are going to work at the restaurants or the bank or somewhere else. So uh, I think we, we grow that workforce by growing our state's economy, by growing the opportunities, utilizing those legacy funds. Well, we're definitely doing those things and we still seem to bump up against this challenge. So I have this idea and we're going to talk about this on Thursday at this great event after your annual meeting. But I want to ask you just to get your take. What what do you think North Dakota could be doing to brand itself internally and externally, meaning across the globe as the freest state in the nation? And number one, do you think that's even a good brand to have? Well, I think it's a great brand to have, especially right now, as you see what's going on in, in the uh, West Coast and the and the East Coast, and really some of these some of these cities where you know people just want to get out of them, and with with the opportunities that we have with remote work now, uh, I do think that you know some of Governor Burgum's initiatives, and and going all the way back to Governor Schaefer on creating a great business environment, uh, we have to look now at, at at communities. We've got great broadband. What else can we do in these communities to to make them attractive for people to want to move to work in? Uh, I love some of the outdoor things that we're doing in this state. Um, creation of the Theodore Roosevelt Library. Uh, yeah. It's not just a library. It, it's something that puts our, our state on, on the map. So those things are important, but ultimately, you know, making sure that we've got affordable, reliable energy into our communities. We've got good schools. Uh, we've got, you know, quality infrastructure across the state. We've got, you know, a higher education system that's adaptable. Those are all things. And of course, the, the tax climate is always important and ensuring that our, our regulatory agencies are fair, consistent, require you to be responsible in your production of either energy or whatever else you're doing. But it's really just almost a reset. We've gotten a little bit lax, maybe complacent in some of our some of our the ways we look at business. And uh, I think that we've got to kind of step back maybe a, a decade and a half or two decades and say, OK, if we didn't have all these great resources today and we were hungry for business and hungry to attract employees, what would we do? Last question for you, Ron, because everybody I talk to these days, I mean, they, they see the war on fossil fuels and just things that are happening in this country right now. And I would say, Chris, I'm so concerned about our nation. I just don't know what to do. So for people out there watching that go, hey, I want to fight for the oil and gas industry. They bring in great jobs, great industry, great tax revenue. Like what's one thing, two things that the average person can be doing to say, hey, federal government back off and let's let this industry thrive? Well, Chris, I would say your your listeners and viewers are not just fighting for the oil and gas industry. I think they're fighting for their own pocketbook. Uh, high oil prices, high energy prices cost American consumers way more than many other things. And if we see gas getting to $4, uh, those things are not out of reach at this point. We are, we are in a situation where we are discouraging so much investment. We're looking at you know the coal the the coal plants are struggling to survive. We're looking at higher energy costs on on reliable, affordable electricity. Uh, I would encourage people to talk to their friends and neighbors and reach out to their elected officials and others and saying affordable, reliable energy is important to me, my family, my business, to our country. We want to keep our our sons and daughters at home instead of going to war, and we support energy production done right in America. 
We support investment into technology that can make our energy sources cleaner. I understand that our consumers want cleaner energy. We have to do everything we can in North Dakota to make a Bakken barrel cleaner. And we can also add value to energy and agriculture. So we've got great opportunities in North Dakota. We're nimble. We've got the resources. We've got the finances. And, uh, you know, we got to keep our young people recognizing what, what we bring. We feed and fuel the world. Yes. Nation. We feed and fuel the world. I mean, it's amazing when you say McKinsey County, biggest oil producing county, Cass County, it, it may still be the biggest soybean producing county. So it's just, it's beautiful, beautiful to see what's happening in North Dakota. So for people that want to go to the meeting, Ron, can they still sign up for it? Is it now it's full? Hey, we'll talk about it when we're in Watford City. Yeah, no, love to have you. You can go to uh, North Dakota Oil, Oil North Dakota Petroleum Council website, sign up for annual meeting uh, and the site that you've got there, indioil.org. Um, big event. Uh, Watford City is just a great place, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna look forward to being there. And and Chris, we're gonna really look forward to the dialogue with you. I know we're gonna tee up the entire audience, ask them these same questions. Uh, let's see what North Dakotans have to say. I can't wait because it's been incredible the feedback we've already gotten from some people. So it's gonna be a ton of fun. Thank you for inviting me. I really really appreciate it. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Ron.